Pastors and church planners around the world need your help to receive a confessional Reformed Baptist theological education. Introducing the William Carey Scholarship Fund at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. You can help students like Sam in India afford seminary training and Bible software with thousands of critically needed theological books. To learn how you can help, visit cbtseminary.org slash carry. Welcome to the Modern Merriman Podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merriman is a podcast of the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're hosting a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian lay people will rightly divide the word of truth. And I am once again alone here for this podcast. Uh, Tom Hicks is not with me, so I am the Modern Marrow Man uh, with you for this. Uh, but I have a guest returning who I can dub an honorable a modern marrow man here this morning uh, tom can't object uh but but i know we're, we're all friends here uh, but my guest here today again is john miller and uh he is the pastor of the senior pastor of grace baptist church in carlisle pennsylvania he received his master of divinity from greenville presbyterian theological seminary and his master of theology degree in biblical studies from puritan reform theological seminary John also serves on the board of directors of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's a lecturer in Old Testament studies and practical theology, teaching the course for us on introduction to evangelism and missions. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation we began last week uh, after looking at missions, the meaning of missions, and, and the Great Commission of Christ mm -hmm. as given in Matthew 28. And, and shift to talking about some contemporary questions that, that are often asked in light of uh, missions. Uh, and, and so hopefully this will continue to be helpful here today. Uh, but John, welcome uh, to joining us. Thank you, John. It's good to be with you again. <laughs> so uh, in light of all uh, we've, we've said so far, I'll, I'll start with an easy question. Uh, is every Christian a missionary? It's commonly mm. said today, right? Um, yes, Spurgeon yeah. is famously quoted as saying this, uh, but, but what would you say? Um, yeah, only in the sense that if you're a part of the church and the, the church has a mission, but I think we need mm. to be careful and distinguish those things. Uh, so, so on the one hand, I, I want to say, you know, every member of the church has a part to play mm. in the work of missions. Um, you know, I think, um, John Piper is famous for saying you either go send or disobey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, in that sense, there's still a distinction between those who go and those who send. Right. Um, and, and so, yes, all of us uh, have a part to play, but I think it's more helpful to, to, to see biblically the term a uh, missionary uh, used for those who are officially commissioned sent by the church uh, to go and to take the gospel to a people. Um, mm. I referenced the book uh, Missions, How the Church, uh, How the Local Church Goes Global by Andy Johnson. And, and he says, has, says it this way in his book. Um, in the same way, when I refer to a missionary, I don't mean any Christian who lives cross-culturally and shares the gospel. Um, 
he'll discuss later those those kinds of things. But just as not every member who loves Christ is a pastor or elder, and not every church member who talks about the Bible is a teacher in the sense of James 3.1, so not every cross-cultural gospel witness is a missionary in the sense we read about in, say, 3 John or in 1 Corinthians. So um, I agree with him in using the historic traditional understanding of missionary as as he puts it, someone identified and sent out by local churches to make the gospel known and to gather, serve, and strengthen local churches across ethnic, linguistic, or geographic divides uh, in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's an important distinction that, that we need to make. Right, right. Well, then, in, in continuing to think about missions and, and what's involved in missions, would you say that uh, doing justice and mercy ministry are part of the mission of the church? Uh, why or why not? Uh, how should then the church do justice and mercy in light of uh, this uh, responsibility Christ has entrusted to his church? Yeah, I feel like saying, um, you know, like from the Princess Bride, uh, concerning the word easy as though these are easy questions. I do not think that word <laughs> easy means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, in, in a, one sense, I would say this, it depends on what you mean by um doing justice and mercy ministry as part of the mission of the church. Mm. And the first thing I want to say is we need to be careful not to lose the primary mission of the church mm -hmm. which is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and we must be careful in that sense, not to lose the gospel, the evangel. Mm -hmm. um, this is such an emphasis that Paul puts in the pastoral epistles. Um, as he is nearing the end of his time on the earth and he's concerned about the continuation of the church and of the gospel, um, he speaks about the gospel as a good deposit or um, as that sound doctrine which has been entrusted to him, he says, and to Timothy, and in that sense, ultimately to the church. Mm -hmm. uh, so First Timothy 1.11, I was just preaching on that recently, uh, where he says, the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Christ entrusted mm -hmm. that gospel to him. And mm -hmm. at the end of the letter, he says this, First Timothy 6.20, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. Boy, irreverent babble. Um, and then you see the same thing in Second Timothy. He says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Mm. And one other thing that reminds us of is there's only one institution in the world that's been entrusted with the gospel. Mm. And that only the only institution is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so and our mission, another way to put the mission is, is what we see in, say, 1 Timothy 3.15 is to both... Um, proclaim and defend the gospel to be that pillar and buttress of the truth. Mm -hmm. um, a pillar holds up. That's the proclamation sense and a buttress supports defends. That's the defense sense. Um, mm -hmm. and so we've been given this deposit and we must be careful not to lose the only message of true and lasting hope in the world. Um, Absolutely. Amen. And so one problem that comes, as we've seen some of the concerns in the history of the church, uh, social gospel coming in, for example, so that the gospel itself and the gospel message is lost. Um, that occurred, you know, at the end of, of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, uh, in a lot of the liberal mainline churches in that way. Um, and 
Obviously, there's been a resurgence of a concern for social issues uh, in in you know recent decades, uh, even of course in Reformed churches in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to be careful. Um, uh, another book that's been influential in my life is um, "Tell the Truth" by Will Metzger. Yes, kind of a manual about evangelism, um, and he talks in there about the problem of equating social activism with the gospel and evangelism. Mm-hmm. Let me just read a quote from what he says in that book. He says, increasingly evangelical Christians are realizing that social justice and the gospel go hand in hand, but some evangelicals are stretching the gospel to equate it to loving service. Mm. This may be a result of how the gospel has changed us, but social action as important as that is, is not the gospel. It is the result of the gospel being lived out by caring for others. Churches need to be more circumspect regarding taking a firm position on social and political issues. Individuals can organize to address issues without requiring the church to take a position. Mm. It's, it's part of we, what he says. So there's a distinction then between, let's say the church's formal um, carrying out of the missionary uh, calling or, 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 um, you know, responsibility that, that Christ has given us mm-hmm. from the vocational callings of individual Christians as they are seeking to uh, to do justice and, and love mercy and walk humbly. Uh, yeah, that, right? Exactly. So so you just hit on, I think, one of the most important distinctions we need to, to keep in mind that mm-hmm. it seems to me the church as the church, as an institution, mm-hmm. and uh, individual Christians. Right. Um, Again, uh, Andy Johnson in his book talks about how some want to treat the mission of the church as encompassing every good thing that a Christian might do mm. um, in social action, environmental protection. And while those can be good things and individual Christians can and ought to be involved in those kinds of things, that's not the same as the church as an institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way to put it, one, one missiologist, Stephen Neal, says, if everything is mission, nothing is mission. Right. <laughs> um, so just to recap then in that sense as the church our mission is the great commission mm-hmm. and as part of that commission yes we do teach disciples of christ everything that christ has commanded which mm-hmm. yes includes how to live as salt and light in this world uh, mm-hmm. how to do good works to as you mentioned earlier act justly to love mercy to walk humbly with our god right. um, yes including exercising pure religion james 1 to care for widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and yes, even as Galatians says, to do good to everyone as we have opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, especially to the household of God. Um, individual Christians should be involved in all sorts of good works then. But the church, as the church, needs to stay focused on the mission of making disciples mm. um, in that way. Amen. That's really, really helpful. So then... Uh, you know, as we, again, think about these kinds of contemporary issues and, and questions that come up, what would you say are some other faulty understandings of missions that would be helpful for us to uh, reflect on and, and think through more carefully uh, as uh, followers of Christ and, and for many of us leaders of Christ church here? Yeah, uh, there's lots of things that we could go into. Uh, if I could just say one more thing about our last topic before moving on to that question. No, it's not allowed. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead, man. Uh, but just just to recommend, uh, again, a book by one of our friends, uh, Michael Haken and Jerry Slate, and his book on uh, Samuel Pierce, uh, mm. Loving God and Neighbor. He has a chapter in there that kind of addresses some of these, these issues. 
um, okay. related to uh, political activity even. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the particular Baptist Missionary Society, um, he talks about one of the one of the missionaries, I think uh, John Fountain, who mm. was sent out and um, but was kind of distracted from the mission. And mm. he got really involved in uh, promoting radical political views. Um, I think it was Andrew Fuller who, who said this, um, all political concerns are only affairs of this life with which he that will please him, that is Christ, who hath chosen him to be a soldier must not entangle himself, you know, from that second Timothy passage. Right. Um, and yet at the same time, I think it's a balanced position. He goes on and talks about how um, that doesn't mean that pastors and even missionaries obviously can't speak to what's going on. Right. Um, Pierce actually preached a sermon against uh, the corporate corporate act, uh, corporation act. I think it was mm. um, that was going on there in, in England. Um, and of course we know Carrie, um, he taught against a lot of the uh, inhumane practices that were going oh, yeah, on. Famously, what, Sati with yeah. uh, the, the burning of, of widows uh, right. after the death of uh, their husbands. Uh, and, and he even confronted uh, abortion and mm. ritual infanticide. Um, mm. And so he preached about those truths, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he did it in such a way that he didn't become distracted from the mission. Right. Um, so that's just maybe a helpful resource in thinking about our own uh, particular Baptist history and how yeah. some of others have thought about it. I mean, so, you know, so often it's helpful to be reminded we are not the first generation to struggle over these issues. And so Amen. we can <laughs> can learn from the experiences uh, of, of our forefathers and of, of those who have gone before us, right? Amen. Well, that's Amen. good. Well, then getting back on track, <laughs> what uh, what are some other areas then where, you know, you think uh, we need so, to address here? I'll just mention briefly three, three areas which – you know, we could probably do a whole whole podcast on each of them, but I won't won't take the time to do all that. <laughs> but but three that are that are on my heart, some of some of the areas that are faulty understandings of missions. One is is leaving out the local church, mm. um, and how there's a giving over to this work of of missions to parachurch organizations completely. Mm. Um, well, if, if, you know, uh, someone who's sent you know may have the endorsement of their local church. Um, the local church isn't involved other than that um, right. is a common issue and problem in our day. And I think this loss of the centrality of the local church as, as the place as those who send missionaries is a major source of a lot of the problems that we have mm -hmm. uh, in missions today. Mm -hmm. and, and so seeing a recovery of the centrality of the local church uh, in this work uh, of missions. Wouldn't, wouldn't it also be on the opposite end of that too? Uh, uh, at least in the mission, some of the missions, uh, I'm familiar with uh, internationally, not not focusing on the church on on the end of planting, right? Yes. There's a lot of um, good. I mean, preaching the gospel, great, you know, uh, even doing uh, just meeting medical needs or or, or yeah, Bible translation or, or these other good things, but they're not necessarily connected to the planting of local churches. Right. It goes back to what we talked about in the last episode, mm -hmm. how the commission has a goal, teaching them everything that Christ has commanded. That points to the fact of planting a church. Right. Um, now, you have to have everything that precedes that, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and that even may, may not occur in a missionary's lifetime. Mm. Uh, it may be that seeds are sown and it's, it's the generations after him that a church is finally formed. Mm -hmm. That's still got to be the goal. Right. And so, yeah, seen it on that end. I think that's, a, that's an excellent point. 
Mm. Um, so the importance of the local church and missions is, is one aspect of it, both in the sense of sending and of, of seeing it planted. Right. Uh, another, I think, particularly maybe in our Reformed Baptist world, Oh, don't, 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 don't go talking about us, uh, Reformed Baptists. Yeah, we, we need we need Reformation as well in some areas. Um, and one is seeing the vital importance of a plurality in the sense of when we send missionaries. Hmm. And um, when you look at the New Testament, I don't see any place where Jesus sent them out one by one. Hmm. <laughs> but, it, you know, he sent them out two by two. And then in the book of Acts, what do we see? We see Paul goes with Barnabas. And then right. after they're kind of falling out, so to speak, over John Mark, Barnabas goes with John Mark and, and Paul goes with Silas. Um, and so you have, in that sense, qualified men uh, who can serve in that sense and as, as those who are teachers, elders in that sense, we would say today. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's what we mean by capital M missionary, going to proclaim the gospel. But doing that, not alone. Mm -hmm. It's not enough in that sense, just for a man to go with his family. Mm. Uh, what he needs is another, another kind of elder qualified man to be with him. And there you have the reality of a plurality from the beginning. We believe mm. in the importance of plurality of elders. Um, and, and yet why do we not do that when sending out missionaries? Well, it's interesting to to reflect on that, right? Because so much of the New Testament, we we naturally focus on the Apostle Paul, mm -hmm. uh, but we don't want to mistakenly think it's it's again Paul by himself, kind of going into a new area to preach the gospel right. or something. Paul is always through his letters commenting on those with him, those who have been helping him, uh, those. Right. I mean, you, yeah. you have an Acts. I mean, you have Luke, and, and uh, so I mean, not only do you potentially have, uh, say, fellow elder qualified men, right. but you have maybe even diaconal uh, help in, in, in certain right. ways as well. I, I think that's, an, again, an important thing. Uh, you know, there's a sense in which we can talk about capital M missionaries as those who are set aside, ordained, sent mm -hmm. out as, as kind of the, the pastor uh, in that sense, missionary. Um, but you see again in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and Barnabas, and yet John Mark goes with them. Mm. So they have assistance, and I think that's an important thing for us to see as well. There's a role and a place for those who aren't called to be in that role of, of pastor missionary, in that sense, to right. come alongside and assist. Right. Um, and, and so you see Paul has, I think it's even over 100 different companions listed mm. in the New on his missionary journeys, and not all of them are elder qualified men. Um, right. Uh, but my point is to say, you should have at least two for qualified <laughs> men, and then, and then yes, I think it's important to see teams and having whole teams uh, working together, uh, supporting uh, the work uh, that's going on. So hmm. that's, that's I think another a second second area where we could could grow in our practice. Of sure. Well, and, and while certainly that's true in Reformed Baptist uh, circles, I think that's a pretty common practice. Pretty much all of at least evangelical missions, right? To, to yeah. think mainly in terms of sending out that one family right. uh, to wherever, uh, which again is, is, is a good thing, uh, yeah. but, but to think more holistically uh, about what they're seeking to do and, and, and following biblical principles and doing so would be a blessing. But what then would you, oops, what then would you say would be the, the third uh, um, yeah. faulty understanding for us to consider here uh, today? And here's uh, some of some of what we talked about before. It's the loss of the gospel that's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So for example, again, not to get into all the details, but that happens in, in among uh, uh, Muslims with the insider movement, the mm-hmm. idea that you can be a Christian and stay a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this loss and watering down of the gospel. Uh, there's other movements uh, within missions today where there's such a press, uh, you know, as, as particularly as Americans, we have such a, such a desire for seeing numbers, a press for numbers. And, and mm-hmm. so there's movements that are all about the numbers. Maybe you've heard of, you know, disciple making movements, uh, these kind of rapid church planting movements, ideas right. Um, right. where there isn't really even necessarily the making of disciples. Um, mm-hmm. They even have unbelievers teaching Bible studies and things. Right. <laughs> at a church. Um, right. And so, again, needing to guard uh, the gospel rightly. Um, so those are some of the, some of the other things we need to. Right. So, I mean, there's this whole idea of kind of syncretism where we're mm. blending uh, the gospel and, and, and biblical truth with uh, other, you know, religions or, or, or spiritualities or, or whatever. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we, we see this in certain uh, attempts to reach Muslims, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they simply become followers of Muslim followers of Isa uh, yeah. rather than, you know, uh, disciples of Christ in right. that way. Uh, or, or in the, the pragmatism of uh, Western Christianity with what sometimes may be called disciple making movements or uh, where, where the, the idea or church planning movements where the idea is, uh, yeah, to start a Bible study and, and teach people the Bible uh, without uh, a focus on, again, conversion and, right. and making disciples. Uh, so, so there's, you know, it, it, the, the intention may be good, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and yet the right intention doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're doing it uh, rightly or that you're not sinning in the process. There's that continual need to guard the gospel that's entrusted. Amen. Right? Amen. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, John, uh, appreciate you being here with us and want to thank everyone for listening to the Modern Merriman Podcast, the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, please visit us online at cbtseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org.